and you're listening to the Abide Podcast. To find out more about Abide, go to AbideChurchFL.com and enjoy today's message. Amen. Amen. Can I get a water? You guys can open up your Bibles to Matthew 6. Y'all need to bring your Bibles to church in Jesus' name. We got to hear some pages flipping. Yeah, I'm okay with the phones too. It's okay. We'll get you there. But there's just something about the pages. I'm just kidding. Matthew 6. We're going we're gonna to talk today. We've been on a series called The Summer on the Mount. And we want to be rooted and we want to be grounded in this, right? How many of you, we've been talking about this. Matthew 5, 6, and 7. Are you awake? Man, I have to have you stand up and do jumping jacks here in a second. I'm going to need you to talk to me today because I believe that today we're talking about something that could be a game changer for you. Say me. me. Let's try it again. Me. me. This could be a game changer for us. So I don't want us to just glazed over and to be like, wow, that was a really great time of worship. I'm just ready to go and have lunch now. We want to receive something from God. Amen. So in Matthew 6, Jesus is, he enters into a dialogue and he goes through the Beatitudes. We talked a little bit about that, about being poor in spirit, hungering and thirsting for righteousness. Do you remember this? We were talking about being desperate for God and not allowing ourselves to get into a place of just kind of like blah, apathy, where we're just going through the emotions, but we want to burn with passion and zeal. How many of you want that? Man, how many of you want that? I will pray for deliverance right now. We want to burn with passion and zeal for God. We reject, we reject complacency, apathy, and just going through the motions of religion. We reject it. We're not okay with it. We want to burn with passion and zeal for God. And the good thing is this, He makes it available for you. This is not striving. The Holy Spirit is jealous for you to captivate you so you can be captivated by God. This is the whole deal. It's that you will be possessed by the Holy Spirit. We're more, listen, we are more, we're more antiquated. We're more aware of people being possessed by demons than people being possessed by Holy Spirit. But if you can be possessed by evil powers, you can be possessed by God. God can possess you. The Holy Spirit can take residence in you, make His home in you. And His whole sole purpose and job is to make the person of Jesus alive to you. He is consistently revealing the Son. And the Son is consistently pointing to the Father. That's why they said, why don't you show us the Father? And Jesus said, how, how long must we do this? If you have seen me, you have seen who? The Father. So this is the game that we're in. But in the midst of this, Jesus going through the Beatitudes, He enters into this time because the disciples, it's interesting, we talk about this a lot. As a praying church, the disciples, they could have asked Jesus anything. After walking with Him, seeing miracles, signs, wonders, food multiplied, they saw all of it. Yet there was one question that was produced as they were on the journey with Jesus that they asked. They said, Jesus, we want you to teach us not to prophesy, not to have words of knowledge, all of that's good, not to heal the sick, He said, Father, teach us to pray. We want to know how to engage with the Father the way you engage with the Father. Because at a fundamental level, they realized there was something about His secret life that produced something publicly. I believe they had connected the prayer life of Jesus with the fruit of His ministry. That when Jesus went into regions, demons were subjected to fall upon their knees and beg Him, don't do it to me. Yet we sit in churches where demons are just comfortable. They're having a heyday. We can't even sing songs like He's under my feet because you're just okay with being trampled. That has become your life. We're not going from glory to glory. We're going from bummer to bummer. And we sing songs like, I just don't have faith for that. Forget your faith. Let God produce something in you. 
That's why we have to die. This is not about you mustering something up. This is about allowing the Holy Spirit in. You remember Holy Spirit? Maybe when you were younger it was called Holy Ghost, whatever you want to call the third person of the Trinity. He is trying to work in and through you. So Jesus says, the disciples said, Jesus teaches how to pray. And he's standing up on this mount and he says, this is how you should pray. And I want to read the whole thing. And then we're going to go line by line. Amen? Amen? Amen. <laughs> That's good. He's talking about not um, standing on corners. This is Matthew 6. Don't stand on corners with vain repetition and go through the routine. But let, some, let, let me touch your heart, right? Then he says this, so do not be like them praying as they do for your father knows what you need before you ask him. He says, pray then in this way, our father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Verse 11, give us this day our daily bread and forgive our debt as we have forgiven our debtors. Letting go, this is the Amplified, letting go of both the wrong and the resentment. We'll talk about that. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory for how long? Not just on Sunday mornings when Desi and Covey are singing it. Glory and power are His forever. So Jesus is inviting us into a way of praying. Can you pray this line by line and it wreck your life? I believe it can in a good way. But I believe He is teaching us the heartbeat. And I love that Jesus could have started the prayer in any way, but He starts the prayer in this way, Our Father. The very first thing that He introduces us to in the midst of a praying individual, a praying believer is, you've got to understand God as Abba. Say Abba. Abba. He wants us to understand Him as Father. And in the midst, this is why the enemy has worked so hard to sow division in families and we have sons growing up without fathers. It's an orphan generation. It's a people who don't understand what it's like to be covered, to be blessed, and to be admonished by a father. So we come into rooms like this and we cannot engage with Abba because we don't understand what it's like. But yet in the midst of that, he says, we've got to start our prayer life with understanding God is Father. Which speaks to us about the intimate nearness of Him. Paul would say to the church, he said, listen, you have many teachers, but you have few fathers. And he was pointing out, you've got a lot of people that can teach you the ways of God, but what you really need is someone who would go the way. Someone who would not just point and say, this is what it looks like, but someone who would go the way. And he is introducing himself, his father, and what he's doing is he's introducing us to the divine fellowship of the Trinity. He's saying, the way I love the father and the way the father loves me is the way I love you. And I want to introduce you into this love. This is beautiful. In Romans 8, he goes into this amazing dialogue. I want to read this to you. Romans 8.14 says, For all who are allowing themselves to be led by the Spirit of God are what? I want you to say, all who are allowing themselves. It's not by happenstance. It's a decision. I'm submitting my life to Jesus. All who allow themselves to be led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For they have not received the spirit of slavery leading again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption. Say adoption. Adoption, adoption is powerful. Because adoption doesn't just happen. Adoption is a choice. This should wreck your whole life. That God chose you. Think about this. This isn't just words. That God looked at your little life. I wept during worship about this today. 
Because God, even throughout all of the, the noise and the drums, God's like, Gio, I want you. I desire you. You know that Jesus has a desire? He says in John 17, Father, I desire. God has a desire. And His desire is to have all of you. It's like all of you, like He really wants all of you. But, but He has given you the spirit of adoption as sons, you can say daughters. And the spirit is producing by what? What is the spirit producing in you? It's on the screen. Is that your question? The spirit is producing sonship. It's a way of life, a way of acting. And this sonship producing, this is, He has given you the spirit of sonship by which we joyfully cry out, Abba, Father. Meaning as we submit to the leadership of the Lord and as we see Him as our Father, the Holy Spirit is producing in a sonship. And that sonship produces a cry and the cry is this, Abba, Father. You feel the tension in the room? Because many of us, like we have no issue with God as Lord or God as Savior. God as Master. But when it comes to God as Father, it could be offensive. Because we start to replay all of the offenses that we have held against God. Well, if God is Father, then why X, Y, Z? If God is Father, then why did my life play out the way that... And there's all these things, yet in the midst of that, I believe today, we, we talked about it in the green room in the back. God is wanting to deliver us from that level of unbelief. From that seed of seeing God as this disconnected, boring, gray-bearded man who's back like waiting to cast judgment upon us. But the spirit of sonship is producing in you now. I'm prophesying. He is, he is producing in you now a cry that says, Abba. It's a desire. Man, if I ever walked into a room and my son did not acknowledge that I was in the room, I would say, something's wrong. I haven't seen my son in four days. If I see him today and he doesn't run up to me and say, Daddy, I'm going to think something's wrong. There's a disconnection in the relationship. Because the cry of a father is that he would be looked, he would be looked at from the son. That there would be a leaping on the inside. This is what God is doing. He said, our father who art in heaven. Which is important for you to see that he's not only father, but he is seated and he is above. This God is not this mystical, this, he is, he is alive and he is real. And he's coming back and he is seated. He's not shaken by what's on CNN or Apple News. He's not afraid. He's not fearful. He is God. He is above. He is sovereign and He is in control. I feel this, man. I feel God. What we did for the last hour was us coming into agreement with the reality of who God is. The wrestling inside of you is not about whether you're a good person or a bad person. It's a negative agreement about who God is. Is God really good? Is God really in control? And do I really want to serve Him? But He is Father and He is in heaven and His name is hallowed, holy, set apart. <laughs> this is why He would invite us to say, listen, I am holy, so be holy as I am holy. It's not a striving, it's not legalism, it's an invitation to let go of all of the lust of the world. All of those things that frustrate you, that are constantly weighing you back. It's like you're trying to run your best, but you have a parachute behind you. And there's an invitation by Abba, who is seated in heaven, who is holy, to say, come up here. I wish somebody would say amen. 
There's an invitation by Him to see Him. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. And from that reality, we're going to say this, your kingdom come, your will be done here as it is there. Now saying these words is hard because everything about our culture today is trying to get you to build your own kingdom. The enemy does not have to get you to give yourself to vain, disgusting, we're like, well, I'm not a drug addict, or I'm not this, or I'm not that. All he has to get you to do is sow seeds of doubt, of disappointment, where you start building your own way and not according to his way. I'm telling you, the cry of a genuine, loving father, uh, of a son, sorry, is this, your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Like, well, why are they shouting on stage, make way and hail the Lion of Judah? Because we're trying to establish His dominion here. He says, I have taken the keys to hell, death, and the grave, and I have given you, say me. He's given you the keys to the kingdom. And He's waiting for a people, He says, fling wide, O heavenly gates, that we would release His kingdom here. So uh, it's legal for us to stand on a stage and to begin to speak life over our children. Amen. May I ask you, men, when was the last time you laid hands on your son and blessed him? If you don't lay hands on him and speak life over him, somebody will. If you don't begin to speak and guide and direct and confront the immoralities that the world is pushing, someone will send him a certain way. Your kingdom come, your will be done. My spiritual father says it, man. I might get it tattooed on me. He says, he says, some of y'all, y'all are religious, man. Wow. Help us, Lord. I'm going to drink some water on that. He says, it's very simple to follow God's will when I don't have my own. The only time God's will becomes hard in my life is when I have my own will. Like, what about my wants? What about your wants? Where have your wants gotten you? Where have your desires gotten you? I love you, but I want to say to you, the best thing for you is what God wants for you. I have so many friends. Listen, in 2008, I got saved. I was a drug addict. I had so many friends. We, with our words, made covenant. We're going to give our lives to this. This is what we're going to do forever. We're not going any other way. We have pushed, we were saying things like this. We have pushed all of our chips in. This is the way we're going and we're going to give our lives to this. 80% of those people don't even serve the Lord anymore. And we're waiting for like, I said this to the men yesterday, we're waiting for like Holy Ghost encounters. Well, God, well then you touch me. I'm going to be honest. I want to say this. I've been thinking about this. I was thinking about God. We talk a lot about God calling us. I don't remember there ever being a moment where God said, Geo. It, was like, it wasn't like October 27th, he said, Geo, this is it. There was a day where God touched me and I made a decision. I made a, it was a decision. I'm going to give my life to this. And this life of following Jesus has been a culmination of decisions. 
Where we continue to double down on the first decision, I don't care what things look like, I don't care what people think about me, I don't care what they say about me, we die to the fear of man and we follow his way. Why? Because his kingdom come, his will be done in Geo as it is in heaven. My life is not mine. I was, according to the Bible, I was ransomed. My debt was paid and I have a master. And to be honest, what he's looking for is for us as a people to consider it a joy to serve him. Some of you here, Master, like, I don't like that. I want Jesus. Jesus is your friend. He's a friend. But part of the problem that we don't understand is, listen, we want to know all of him. Listen, God is loving, tender, faithful shepherd, but he is also judge. <laughs> Didn't get as many amens as the first one. He is both master and he is servant. He is lover and he is zealous and he is aggressive. And what we want is we want all of God. In order to have all of God, it's got to be your way. God, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So I want to ask you right here in the midst of this, man, like, how are you building your life? It's not, it's not complicated. Like, you don't have to sit down 30 minutes. Are you building his kingdom or yours? We can, we can, we can look at our lives and, and what we sow our money into, our time into, our energy into, and it will become very apparent whether we're building God's way or our way. And this is not to bring shame. This is to bring alignment. This is for us as the people to say, God, we want to consistently be aligned to your plan, your purposes, your way. Because this is, how you told us, this is how you told us to pray. But watch this in Romans 8. He says, He's given us the Spirit, which we cry out, Abba. The Spirit Himself testifies and confirms together with our spirit, assuring us that we as believers, we are children. Say, I'm a child. Let's try it again. I'm a child. And if we are His children, then we are also His heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, sharing in the spiritual blessings and inheritance, if indeed sharing in His suffering, so that we may also share in His glory. For I consider the sufferings of this present life are not worthy to be compared with the glory that is about to be, to be revealed to us and in us. Did you hear that? There is glory that God wants to reveal to you and in you. This is why we sit in these rooms and we cry. This is why we're not content. This is why there's this divine dissatisfaction. Like, why don't these people just be thankful? Gio, your church is alive. You should just be thankful. That's how we got here. There was a divine dissatisfaction with saying, we don't have all of God yet. There's something on the inside that says, there's still more. Do you believe that? Like, we have not yet reached fullness. Just because we're a little bit more Pentecostal and we got shofars doesn't mean we're going to settle. We're going to continue to contend because we want fullness. We want all of God. Do you want that? Let's pray right here. Father, in Jesus' name, we're asking for all of you. We're asking for something to be produced. It's not weird to start praying in the middle. We want all of you. We're asking you for fullness. According to Romans 8, you said you have given us the spirit of adoption. And there is glory in us and for us, available. So we say, God, come. Come. We want your glory, God. We don't want sermonettes and 30 minutes of, of song. God, we want your glory. We want your kingdom here and now, God. 
Oh Jesus, we're not content with just going through the motions. We want to go in and through. We want to sing songs that have never been sung. We want to shed tears that have never been shed. We want to see aspects of you that have never been seen. Oh, if nobody goes, we'll still go. It's okay. Father, we thank you for grace. According to your word, you said there's a path that is broad and many are on it and it leads to destruction. So God, we ask you for grace to go the narrow road. It's not religion, it's not striving, it's the narrow road that Jesus is on. We want to go your way, God. Oh, Jesus. Produce this in us, God. We want to burn. We want to burn with zeal. God, we ask you for mercy to not leave us like this. I'm asking this for me, Lord. I don't want to walk into a room where your presence is tabernacling and not be changed. I want to be aware and transformed, God, by your Spirit. I can't do this. We can't do this on our own. We need the Holy Spirit's help. It says the Holy Spirit produces a cry that says, Abba, Father. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Father, I thank you that you are set apart. I just want to say God is set apart. It is not uncommon for us to come into buildings. This is where we're going. I want to say to you, where we're going is there's going to be buildings full of people with the Spirit of the Lord inside where the, where the people are saying, come out from among them. Come out from among them. Come out from among them. This is not about trying to blend into society. As believers and followers of Jesus, when you walk into a place, people should know that you follow Jesus. Not because you're holding a picket sign and you're preaching turn or burn, but because you live your life in such a way that there's something different about you. We are a marked and a peculiar people. That's what the Bible says. We are a peculiar people. There should be something about the way we live our lives that says, what is going on with that? We're set apart. There's grace to be set apart. And there's grace for the narrow road. And I had this in my spirit, Proverbs 18.10. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. And the righteous, they run into it. The name of the Lord is a refuge. That's why we sing Jesus. And you're like, well, can you move on? There's nothing to move on to. It's all about Him. It's all in and through Him and for Him and by Him. But this name... This person of Jesus has become a refuge. And so we step into the person of Jesus and there's beauty and there's splendor and there's majesty and there's wonder and there's all. I want to ask you, when was the last time you walked into the room and you were in awe of God? 
I want to be in awe of Him. When I'm 75, 80 years old, I still want to walk into Him and say, God, I'm in awe of you. And I'm not going to fake it. We're not going to fake it. We're not going to try to, we're going to say, God, we want to be desperate. Anybody else? We want to be desperate, God. And we want to understand what it means that your name is holy and that you are set apart. This is why Revelation 4 and 5 are, are, are so important for us to understand. That God is so utterly different than what you see by the Christian networks on TV. That He is so utterly, He is unexplainable. And we will spend all of eternity, when we step into this, not just flying around and saying, wow, this is amazing. It's going to be constant awe. Eternity saying, oh, we thought we knew you, but we had no idea you're so beautiful. And again, this is what's going to wreck our hearts. And so why not start now? Why wait? Why wait until the heavens split and then hope that you lived your life in such a way that is worthy of standing before Him? <sighs> Let me get to my notes. Oh, look at me sideways. He goes on so uh, This is what I love about this prayer. He starts with who God is. He is Father. He is holy. He is set apart. But then He meets us. Give us this day. Say this day. Give us this day our daily bread. And we don't have to spend a whole lot of time here, but I just want to say it's okay. The Father says, when you have need, come and ask. In Matthew 7, He says, ask, seek, knock. And keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking. But the question I think we have to answer is, what are we asking, what are we seeking, what are we knocking for? Because at the end of the day, what we want to see on the other side of that door is Jesus. It's not a promotion. It's not a bigger home. God will do all that and He wants to. I believe that. God wants you to be blessed. I believe that with all of my heart. He really does. But the motivation of the dock, the motivation of the seeking, the motivation of the asking is, God, we want you. Are you seeing this? That's why I started with Father, our Father. Then He says this, and forgive our debts as we have forgiven our debtors, which is dangerous. Meaning this, the way that you treat people will be the way you will be treated. You don't want to hear that. You're like, no, no, no. No, it's, it's in there. He will give mercy to the merciful. So I was just talking to my wife about this the other day, man. Like one day we're going to have to pay account for the way that we treat people. And it's not going to matter how they conducted themselves because the first thing love is patient. The first thing love is, is patient. So there's grace for us to let go of resentment and they don't deserve it. It's not for them, it's for you. What this is doing for you, it is keeping you captive. And it is producing bitterness and resentment and all of these things that is not allowing you to have all of God. So do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And then it ends again with giving God praise. It starts with praise, it ends with praise. It starts with God, it ends with God. For yours is the kingdom the power and the glory for how long forever he has modeled for us how to engage with him at a heart level what it means for us to step into a life not just of saying words or coming like i'm thankful for the prayer rooms but i want you to understand we're never going to stop saying this the point of the prayer room would, would be that you would become a person of prayer 
The goal is not to get as many people into a room as possible. The goal is that something would be stirred in, in you on a 6 to 8 on a Wednesday night that you would go on a Monday morning and say, I want more of that. Yeah, yeah. I want to understand who God is and who I am in light of Him. I want to understand God is Abba, God is Father. And I want, to, I want to believe for Him for my provision. I want to believe for Him for the, for the restoration of my family, of my children, for my dreams and passions. I don't believe God has a problem with dreams and passion. I just believe He wants to give them to you. He wants to deposit His dream inside of you. And the beautiful thing is then He gives you the grace to walk it out. Do you hear what I'm saying to you? What kind of God is this that He deposits an impossible dream in your heart and then He gives you the grace, the ability, and the finances to accomplish that? People are like, man, Gio, man, I use the last, Gio, you're humble. It's not humility, it's understanding there's nothing I can do to make this happen. <laughs> I know me. I know I dropped out of ninth grade. I know I'm not qualified. What does that produce? A dependency on God. God, I need you. I can't do it. It's not a false humility. It's just realizing we're just not that awesome. We need Him. So here's what I want to end. Can I get some help from the band? I really felt to end with prayer. Well, we've got time. Thank you, Jesus. I really wanted to end with prayer. Like, didn't we already pray? Listen, it's okay. If you have to go and you're not into it, I love you. But I want to spend some time corporately praying this as family. And I believe that God wants to restore the name Abba. I believe that God wants to deliver. He says, ask me, Father, deliver me from evil. I believe He wants to deliver. He wants to restore. And I'm just honest, like, I just, this is how I want to end. For us crying out as a community, God, give us grace to not stop crying out for, for fullness. Did you feel what happened when we started praying for fullness? So I'm going to say a quick prayer. Let's just be still for just a moment. The Bible says, be still and know that I'm God, which means stillness precedes knowing. Father, we silence every voice. We silence every voice. Holy Spirit, we ask that your voice would be clear. You convict hearts. Your love and your mercy, they lead us to repentance. Repentance. 